and devotion. It's a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey. How are you doing? I'm good. Sounded like a good day so far. So far, it's been a good day. Good day. Now it's better. Now it's better because... We're together. That's right. Because everything's better when we're together. That's right. That's right. It's like... uh, it's like uh, ebony and uh, hickory. No, it's like no, Wait, it's what? hickory and ivory. It's not ebony and ivory. Yeah, I know. That's why I, I was know, like, I messed it. I messed it. You up. messed it up. That this would happen. Dude, that was a great joke. Yeah, it would have been good. My goodness, yeah. that was fantastic. Yeah. All right. Whatever. <laughs> I do. You know, for years now, I've been I've been sitting next to you, mm. and you'll be doing business. Yep. Handling calls. Yep. Doing all your stuff. Uh-huh. I think at this point, I could probably fill in for you if you were sick. <laughs> I think. I think. <laughs> really? I, could. I was like, yeah, Copac. Uh, cost analysis, blah, 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 blah. skew. <laughs> I think. I, I mean, you hit three I, of the main I, words. I know. I hear those words. Mm. I hear lots of numbers, long numbers that you were not reading from a piece of paper. I don't know where they're coming from. It sounds like you're totally making them up, nah, but I know you're I not because them. because people are checking you. You're like rattling off these super long, like pi digit numbers, and uh, yeah, I can't do that. But uh, mm. you know, so you could have added like. You could have finished it by like, oh, OE, efficiency, mm-hmm. you know, lean. Yeah, well, I could say other things Six like you say on the phone. Sometimes I could, I mean, I could, I could let a lot of that rip. Uh, I've heard stuff. Let's let's not do that. Who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> I don't think I've said <laughs> no, it that way. Never said that. <laughs> I don't think I've said it that way. <laughs> I've never heard you. I have. I, I have heard you. I like it. I like it when you're in your stern mode, mm. like where it's it's all business. Yeah. It's like obviously you have a relationship, but. uh this is not chill time. Yep. This is not. This is not chit chat. Uh, we got to get this done, or we're not going to do it. Uh, That's I, it. I, I like those convos. Yeah. Take it or leave it. Yeah. I, I like it because like you're just like yeah. Uh, I'll leave it. I'll leave it right now. So it's on. It's, it's up to you. No nah, man. That's <laughs> a, like you know. Uh, that's the biggest thing is learning when to walk away. Just it's okay. Yep. You got to know. Just, you got to know when to hold oh, them. Oh, really? Here yeah. we go. Oh, but how about, do you need to know when to fold them? You do. You do. Um, but you also need to know when to walk away. Mm. You know? And we'll, I don't care about the last part. When to run. That's when what I run. do. No, you don't run. I run. Yeah. I, <laughs> I get out of there. I was like, oh, what's that one? Yeah. Nope. That's the biggest thing is learning, learning when to walk away from a deal mm. and being okay with it and not feeling that sense of desperation. Yeah. That's true in a lot, of, a lot of areas of life, right? Oh like, yeah, uh, you know, even if you do really want something, being all desperate about it isn't necessarily going to help. It can oftentimes hurt you. No, in the process. yeah, yeah. Keep be calm, be reasonable. I think that's when it leads to buyer's remorse. Mm. Is when you make decisions in desperation. Yeah, for sure. Well, because you're willing to give up too much. Yeah, and then you finally realize, oh, what I gave up wasn't worth yeah. what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. That's uh, I gotta feel that. Do you feel that? That's why. That's why I'm okay walking away. Yeah, because like, oh, it didn't happen. Well, you know what? I didn't suffer a catastrophic loss because of that. Yeah, uh, I didn't experience an amazing game, but I don't know. It's not there. It's like you know, no. I, I never had it. No. So, all right, that's cool, man. See? That's cool. 
What are you doing? You're like, your eyes are like looking all over the place. Like, no, I was thinking through something else, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we're recording this on a Monday. Mm. And know, it, this drops on a Monday. And it drops on a Monday. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Uh, Thanksgiving has happened at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jimmy is, are you back yet or no? No, I'm in Cancun right now. You're, in, you're still in Cancun as of the release date of this episode. Correct. Okay. Cancun. Cancun. Cancun, which mm. is Spanish for? Sure. You don't know? No. I, I really don't. Wow. No, okay. I honestly don't. Do I'm you? Just, of course. Everybody knows what Cancun is. I'm just surprised you don't. That's just, oh. okay. It's weird. All can right. you, can you educate me? No, I don't want to embarrass you. It's fine. No, it's not embarrassing. I appreciate that you're looking after my feelings, but do you mind? I don't want to show you up, but yeah. No, no, I mean, please, I please. You. Go ahead. Show me up. All right. Well, I, I, I'm actually not even, it's not even me thinking that you're showing me up. You're actually helping me and educating me before I go there myself. So you're sparing me. Okay. It's an act of grace right yeah. now. All right. And mercy, please. Yeah. Well, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know the full etymological background. Okay. Yeah. But uh, Cancun is Spanish for white paradise. So, oh. Yeah. Huh. It's interesting. I think they named it that because it's a vacation resort and lots of people from, lots of uh, Anglos come to that part for vacations. And so wait, when did they rename it that? Oh, they, what, it, what was, was it like before? In like the 70s. Yeah, it was like it was in the It was 70s. the 70s yeah. they renamed it? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Before that, what was it called? Oh, I don't remember now. Oh. No. That was before my time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I know you don't. I know. Well, our <laughs> listeners are dumb. They don't know that I'm just making stuff up. They don't know anything. Uh, I'm pretty sure they realize. they know? I think they know. Did I ever tell? Oh, I can't tell that. I got to save that for all access. But I made up, I think I told you, I made up a, I can't tell you, <laughs> when Jen and I got married, we went on our honeymoon. Oh, let's talk about that for all access, because I invented a language. I can say it like this. I invented fake, sensual Spanish. <laughs> oh, It was that's, awesome. That's weird. It was, oh, yeah. She thought it was super weird. Weird. I, I laughed so hard all the time. <laughs> weird. It sounded Spanish. Spanishy. <laughs> <laughs> Not Spanish, but Spanish. Mm. Yeah. Well, listen, we, you know, we've, we covered this recently uh, in brief. Uh, we, but we, from time to time, we do get these emails uh, asking this same basic question. So here's an email from a guy named Christopher. And Christopher says, I am a massive fan of the show. Oh, hey. that's really kind. Thank, Thank you. you, man. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks yep. for, uh, for telling your friends. I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. Thank you for all your work. I am doing my residency to plant a church. I was wondering if you would share your discipleship plan with me. The table and pulpit. It doesn't have square in there, but that's the three uh, environment paradigm that we use. Uh, Do you have a strategy for that? Like what you cover? Do you have like strategy to what you do and train others? Hmm. So, all right, Christopher. Uh, Yes. The, 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 The easiest, it's still very basic and very simple. The easiest thing to do is to get a book. It's called The Life of the Church. Life of the Church. It's uh, it's book number three in my little three-book booklet trilogy. Um, and that's where I unpack the table, the pulpit, and the square uh, a little bit more than we have on the podcast. Um, so you can pick up that book. And you know what? Best bet, really. Go ahead and get The Heart of the Church, Character of the Church, and The Life of the Church by the, by the, the three books. Well, of course. Yeah, you want to get all three. You want to get all three. You know, because you're kind of jumping to the end here. But I, you know, it is, you know, but then it's just like watching the, the Tarantino movie. It's fine. You can jump to the it's end. It's fine. Right? But you know what? You got to build to it. It is better if you build to it. That's right. I think I think so. But uh, he's probably just wanting, wants to get going. So pick up that book, The Life of the Church, uh, Moody Publishers. You can find it on Amazon, wherever. Um, but we thought we would just go ahead and talk a little bit more about it here and go a little bit deeper into each of these environments. Because yeah. what we do 
when we talk about table, pulpit, and square, is we talk about all of church life and therefore discipleship happening in three environments. So it's all about what we do as a church. And from our perspective, uh, this would apply to almost any kind of church, whether it's, you know, house church, mega church, um, you know, small church, mid-sized church. This really should fit with with everyone. And what we do is we draw three shapes on a board or on a piece of paper, Mm -hmm. a circle, then a triangle, then a square table, pulpit, square. And each of those shapes represent an environment in which church life happens. And uh, that's how we talk about it to our people. That's how we think about it as a church here at Redeemer. And uh, other churches have adopted it because it seems to make sense. It's simple. We're not inventing anything new here. We're just... We're no, just... It's, it's just a way of like, it's a way of maybe not condensing it, but it's a way of looking at it yeah. uh, in a in a very uniform way. Right? Yeah. Simplify. Simplify. Clarify. Emulsify. That's a food one. I don't know. You, you know almost. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, when we talk about the table, Jimmy, mm-hmm. uh, this is the environment of our smaller gatherings, yep, right? Yep, Our smaller groups that are really meant for intimacy in community, yeah, intimacy in relationships uh, with other. And actually, I mean, you start off in uh, right in your first chapter, you know, talking about uh, the table. And I, I like how you word this. You say, people are not just hungry for community, they require it to truly live. This is not the result of some weakness found in humanity, but rather reflects the divine mark left upon every soul. We need community because we are made in the image of God who has forever existed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So I love that you pointed back to this need for community uh, is, is this imprint upon us because of God himself is community. Yeah. Yeah. And that's for us. I mean, we, we really do believe that we're made for it. It's it's who we are when God says it's not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. We know that that's immediately applied to, to marriage and the marriage covenant, but it goes beyond that. Yeah. And so it's really important for us to make sure that we have environments that foster community, gospel centered or Christian community, Christ centered, however you want to put it. And so while these environments are multiple, there's different kinds of, Mm -hmm. there's there's like sub-environments, right? There are different ways in which we gather in these smaller uh, settings. Um, But the emphasis is always, uh, there's always a strong emphasis on relationships, community, friendships, being with each other. But see, a lot of churches... This is where I think as a church planter or as anyone that's that's planting a church or trying to foster relationships, it's not just about if we build it, they will come. Right. Because a lot of churches have that. Yeah. As long as we have the the uh, the event or as long as we have the system, uh, people are just going to plug right in. Yeah. But I think what you've done uh, and I think it's it's something that you've thought through and that we need to think through is the need for that community. Yeah. Right. And I think that's a really good first step as you're looking to to implement something when it comes to uh, community and to smaller groups, shepherd groups, mission groups, whatever these groups are that people call the Bible study groups. Right. Uh, discipleship groups, missional cohorts of incarnational intentionality. Y- yes. Why not that? Uh, you can. You mm-hmm. can. That's fine. <laughs> but thank you for that one. Um how easy it is, by the way, to come up with names for your groups. <laughs> that, that's exactly how easy. But like because. You, you you need to be able to, for lack of a better phrase, well, no, this is the better phrase. I, I found a better phrase. You need to cast the vision for the need for those groups. Because right. oftentimes, I think people are hesitant to join into groups because they don't see mm-hmm. how impactful it actually yeah. is in their life and right. in the life of the church. No, that's true. That's true. Especially, you know, if they're busy or they're, they're, yep. I ain't got time yep. or if they're just 
very individualized, like a very like maybe antisocial or introverted. Mm. Uh, some of us are just not naturally interested yeah. in gathering with people as much as other people are. And so we do have to show them uh, and remind ourselves that this is really important. We're, we're made for this. We can flourish this way. And it, while it isn't something that, you know, you don't automatically like the taste, uh, you can develop a taste for it. Like a lot of good mm. things in life, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A lot of good things in life. Uh, they're not, they don't taste good immediately. You gotta, you have to learn it. You have to understand it. You have to be able to appreciate it. And then eventually like, wow, I really do like the taste of this Yeah, this stuff. is good. Yeah, like coffee, for example, right? This is an easy one. A lot of people don't like the taste yeah. of coffee unless they put a bunch of sugar and stuff in it. But if you have good coffee and you learn to appreciate it, you're like, oh wow, I can taste all these flavors and it's really nummy. Mm. Same thing with, uh, with things like community and the, the environment of the table. Now, the, the table, what we call uh, the table, it's this circle, right? Um, we call it the table because these gatherings usually, not always, but usually involve a table of some sort. Yeah. Dining room table, coffee table. It could be a, like a, a high table. At a, high at top a, table. Yeah, right? So Because you're, you're, you're sharing something, you're sharing an experience. And I know this confuses some people because when they think table, they think Lord's Supper. Oh, I've yeah, talked to yeah, people, yeah. I'm like, oh, yep. so table is the Lord's Supper, pulpit is the preaching, what's the square? I'm like, no. No, no, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, listen, don't just don't try and figure it out. Let me tell you. Let me, okay. Yeah, that's why you got to buy the book. That's why. That's why. That's why, the, that's why the book is so big. It takes a while to explain it. <laughs> it's like twenty pages. Um, so we. That's why we call it the table. Um, and the, it's not just one thing, right? So we'll cover things like small groups, right? Now you can call them whatever you want to call them, but various kinds of smaller gatherings, mm -hmm. typically in people's homes. Uh, but it also includes other gatherings. Um, it could be Sunday school. It could be those are smaller gatherings. People are getting together. Um, now you can do that in a way where you're you're trying to leverage um, uh, community. Though the Sunday school model for us has would have much more emphasis on yeah. teaching and instruction. It's why we don't. It's why we didn't start with that. It's why we don't do that right now. We'd rather put the emphasis on be, being in each other's lives and in each other's homes. But it could be well, men's ministry, women's ministry, gatherings, you know, those kinds of Bible studies, we, what we call discipleship groups. Discipleship groups. I mean, it could also be, because uh, we're trying to foster community, it can be those events. You know, yeah. for some people, they, some people don't, I think, appreciate the need yeah. for events. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, Oh, it's very attractional of you, Jimmy. Very attractional. Yeah. Nice. I, you know, I, yeah. it is. It's, okay. You know, it's attractional. It's a total attractional model because it's so worldly. Well, no, it has a purpose behind it. Yeah, that worldly one. The purpose is to foster relationships, <laughs> Christian friendship and yeah. fellowship that, you know, uh, as we are then able to encourage and admonish. Yeah. Even like, uh, you know, like going uh, to the movies, going to the movies, like they, they, all of the in these like in this environment, right? It can happen at an institutional level, right? Meaning these are things formed by the church. They are they're functionally yep. explicit things that the church does. So there's formal gatherings, yeah, and then there's informal, yep, right. And so institutional or informal, mm -hmm. and uh, these are the things that like that we want people to be doing anyways. Gather together, hang out, go, you know, grab grab uh, uh, another family that you like and uh, and go on a vacation, like whatever it is. Yeah, like, that's cool. I mean, there's, there's a number of our families that do that. Yeah. They build such strong relationships yeah. and friendships that yeah. they they end up vacationing together. I mean, I don't get asked to go on vacation, but like, it's whatever. Well, I it's mean, fine. you're just not doing. You're not doing fellowship right then. Okay. Well, I, can, I was asked one time. I said no. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Somebody just was like, hey, you know what? We should get our families together and go on vacation. And I was like, no, thanks. 
Nope. Wow. Yeah, I just like, you know, if I'm going to go on vacation, I'd actually want it to just be, it'd have to be, a, that'd be have to be a second one. That'd be like a second vacation, you know. Mm. A, a, an actual family vacation is the most important thing. I want that just to be me and the fam. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. You. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead, backpedal, backpedal. I'm not backpedaling. Back no, I was like, no. Um, backpedal. Also, one of the things that we talk a lot about too is is encouraging people to practice hospitality. So this would be in the informal sense, right? Yeah. Open up your home, open up your life to bring people in. Um, and that gives you a, another environment where you're developing relationships with Christians in the church and non-Christians outside of the church yep. in which you can like, begin to share the gospel and maybe invite them to church and things like that. Um, th- this whole thing of the table. So like yeah. you're speaking on that, right? Because I think that right there also bleeds into just a little bit uh, when we talk about the square. Mm-hmm. But often, you know, for our community group, we'll, if we're going to somebody's house and we're having a gathering, it's often we get to know the neighbors. Yeah. Right. Because my neighbors come or their neighbors come uh, and we have opportunities to get to know them. And they get to know us. Yep. And it's a lot of fellowship. But there is opportunities like you mentioned there yep. to share the gospel and to share it uh, verbally. Right. Mm-hmm. But then also just to show Christian fellowship in general. Yeah. yeah. Kindness, uh, relationships, care for each other. Yep. I mean, the, the church was known for this in the early days. Why, my, how they love each other. Yeah. Like that's really so they, they see that. Yep. And it's what something that I saw. I, I saw the church and I saw these young Christians. I'm like, they are otherworldly. Mm. They weren't perfect. I mean, they were, no, and course, they were yeah. annoying and a little nerdy, but, um, <laughs> but they were. But, but like I was, but you know, and as this metalhead, I was like, there's something real there. Mm. Something I don't, I don't have. I don't experience it. I'm not experiencing in the yeah. world yeah, yeah. Yeah. today. I mean, I have, I had a, some really close friends, but there was just a spiritual component and that that I was unfamiliar with so so with this whole idea of the the table being an important essential environment and I know a lot of people would say like you you know Sunday school is more important than small groups and I would say I don't think they're more important I think they serve different purposes yeah and yep, um, yep. and I think because many people in the church today struggle with forming these friendships and developing like spiritual relationships outside of the gathering this is a way to help that and and w- once you start putting together uh, opportunities to gather in this environment that we call the table, then you have greater opportunities to fulfill the one another passages. Mm. All the one another mm-hmm, passages mm-hmm. that tell us how to bear one another's burdens, to rejoice with those who rejoice, to mourn with those who mourn, to consider one another worthy of more honor than ourselves. All of those passages, those are not very likely to be carried out in what we call the pulpit, that environment of corporate worship, because God is the focus. We're not there to hang. We're there to worship. Mm, so it's a little mm, bit different. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's part of the, you know, part of the reasoning behind making this a more inward, not an exclusively inward, but a more inwardly focused group. Meaning, it's not. It doesn't have the outward emphasis evangelistically. We still do evangelism. We're still bringing people in. Right? Yep, yep. But it is about fostering these relationships and practicing hospitality. All that we might actually honor the Lord, preach the gospel, and hopefully create real christian fellowship Mm, love it love it so that's the that's the table table now here's the one that most people are familiar with Mm -hmm. the pulpit yeah table pulpit square so that that pulpit that's a triangle you see what i did there yeah i love that the inverted one upside i I turned i turned it upside down yep so it looks like kind of like a pulpit yep no no how creative i I am in fact i don't think i don't think that shape has been used in uh, christian history ever until the the triangle (laughs) Hey, oh, I guess there's a Trinity. Yeah, they, I guess there's the Trinity. <laughs> Never mind, I'll take it back. 
Ah, oh well, don't, no, no, no. But you turned it. I'm looking over there at the the painting or the. Oh yeah, I inverted it though. You inverted it though. See? Yeah, but then that sounds that sounds satanic. You, oh you no, invert the cross. Oh no, no, you didn't do that. No, you did not do no, that. No, but Saint Peter. Yeah, you know, there are some old Presbyterian flags, uh, and they called it the the flag of Saint Peter has an upside down cross on it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. I told a Satanist this one time. I was ta- I literally talked to a Satanist. Told me he was a Satanist. He was wearing like all the stuff. This was mm. 1990, mm. so this was still on the edge of the satanic panic and all that stuff. And uh, we're at a bar, and this guy's talking to me about it. And I'm like, uh, he's like, I'm a Satanist. Like I eat human hearts. Like, Whatever. He's not. He's he's a total weirdo. And uh, and, I, and I was like, oh yeah, upside down cross. Yeah. He goes, you know, that's a Christian symbol. He goes, not when I wear it upside down. I'm like, no, dude. The upside down cross is a Christian symbol. Saint Peter, Peter, the Apostle Peter, he was crucified upside down. That's a Christian symbol. You guys just don't know what you're doing. <laughs> anyway, it's fun. All right, so, so the pulpit, yeah, the pulpit, right? That's so, the environment of the church gathered in mass together, the big gathering on the yep, Lord's the Day, corporate worship, mm-hmm. people coming together uh, to worship God, to to sit under the preaching of God's word, mm-hmm. to sing, uh, uh, to sing and to read and to hear God's word. Yep. It's, it's a Beautiful, beautiful time. So when you gather together and you're having corporate worship, do you have community? Is there community there? Well, yeah, we're st- gathered together. Okay, as, so yeah. you still have community. You still got community. But the emphasis isn't on developing those relationships. Correct. The emphasis here, instead of inward, it's upward. Upward. We're worshiping our triune God. Now, we call it the pulpit. Because the pastor, the preaching pastor, is the most important person um, uh, in the church. No, in no, any, oh, I'm sorry. In, no, no. A, in any local church. No, the no, past, no, the no, preacher, no, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. That means that I am a no, redeemer. No, 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 okay. no, no. It's because okay. God's word oh. is central. Yes, that, that makes more sense. That makes more sense, yeah, right? Yeah, it does. That is more biblical. That's more biblical. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that God's word <laughs> is central. That's a hair more biblical. <laughs> Hence why the pulpit is, you know, in the center yep. of everything. Yep, that's why it's in the middle. It's why, you know, it's why we Baptists like to put the... You know, we put the pulpit at the center. And really, I mean, because it's what's what you said, right? Where it's not just the preaching of the word, it's the reading of the word, the singing yep. of the word, the praying yep. of the word, all of that. The word of God frames, it governs, it rules, um, it regulates, right? To use reformed language, uh, our, our worshiping on the Lord's Day. So that's what we're talking about, corporate worship. And while we have community and we enjoy fellowship and all of that's a part of it, the emphasis is on God. We're gathered for God. Yes. Right? It's like, well, aren't we always gathered for God in every environment? Well, in a sense, yes. But here we are explicitly gathered for God to worship him. In small groups, we're gathered for one another. We're gathered for one another's benefit, uh, mutual admonition. There's, there's, there's Obviously, that's overlap with the environment of the pulpit. It's just not the emphasis. So here the emphasis is worship, or you can think word and sacrament. Um, and so for us, when we talk about gathering on the Lord's Day, we think this is the most important gathering, the most important event in a Christian's week. And I know like there, and maybe it still is, but boy, this was especially during the emerging church discussions. And I even saw it on the Acts 29 uh, discussion board for a while. This idea that like, well, you know, that's not the most important thing. It's just, it's a thing and you can do it or you can maybe not do it and mm-hmm. like, whatever. Um, we don't think you're at church if you don't have that. Yeah. I mean, you, corporate worship, it's, it's, it, this is a central thing we're called to do. Now it doesn't have to look any one way. I don't care if you're worshiping in a home, in a warehouse, in a church building or in the catacombs, uh, you gather together under word and sacrament as the people of God on the Lord's day. That's the idea. 
So when we're talking about it, we're thinking like, okay, what are the things that have to come together for us to really thrive as a church in corporate worship? Like, what mm. are we doing? What are, what are those things that make corporate worship, corporate worship? Well, you know, uh, someone once wrote, Oh, okay. Jimmy's holding uh, someone tiny book. Someone once wrote where we look in corporate worship, okay. right? So when a healthy church gathers on Sunday, God's word will be read and preached. The ordinances will be administered. Prayers will be lifted up and all will join in a chorus of others who herald the good news by singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God and one another. But you talk about here in that you go, there's four different ways where we look, okay. right? You say, look up, look in, look around, look back. I thought you were going to say get down. Okay. No, no, no. I'm, down, I'm, reading, I'm reading right. from you. <laughs> all right. Well, I don't remember what I write. Well, that's what I'm trying to right, help So you. looking up, obviously looking we're up. looking to God. Yep. God focus. Yep. Worship is about God, not us. Looking in sounds a little new agey. Uh, well, no, no, no. But I think that's where uh, you, you uh, reference Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts mm. and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So this convicting work of the Holy Spirit using God's word in the midst of corporate worship as we gather at God's as God's people on God's day, Lord's day. Yeah, it's like we should be, you know, we're worshiping the Lord. We're there for him, but he speaks or he has spoken. Mm-hmm. And so what what does God require of us? Yep. What does God want me to do? What is my response to all of this? Yep. Right? And then from there, looking around, right? Uh, while the direction of corporate worship is primarily vertical, right? Directed towards God, yet it is also horizontal. The people around you are part of the family of God. They are your brothers and sisters. Do you know them? Are you addressing them? You know, you're, you're singing psalms and hymns. You're addressing one another, loving one another, but then also admonishing one another to... Uh, um, to glorify God at yeah. all. On on Sunday, um, Jimmy couldn't make it because he had tummy ache. Listen, we don't have to talk about this. A little tummy. Oh, was it a tummy ache or was it a little 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 booty ache? You know what? what? <laughs> I don't know which Why? one it was. I can't remember. It's Listen, a, it's I'm a just going to call it a little little booty shake. Is what I'm going to call. No, it. no. Um, anyway, so you were sick, but uh, I took a picture of it. So on we were we were worshiping and. Um, one of the songs that we sang, and I, you know, I'm bad at remembering remember the titles of, of these songs, but um, it's "In All My Sorrows, Jesus Is Better," right? And my every victory, Jesus is better mm. than any comfort. Jesus is better. But what it actually says here, there's, a, there's, there's a, I'm skipping a line. In all my sorrows, Jesus is better. Make my heart believe. In every victory, Jesus is better. Make my heart believe mm. than any comfort. Jesus is better. Make my heart believe. Like. That was super like convicting and but mostly encouraging, like because sometimes my faith is weak, you know. Mm. It's like I, 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 I believe, Lord, but help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Right? Yep. It's like I think that's God's grace, and so there's, there's 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 admonition. Like we're singing that, right? We're singing that together, and it's a prayer to God for us, but we're also now exhorting one another, right? In the same yep. way. Yep. I like that. And then finally, look back, and you reference Psalm seventy-seven. Uh, I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Yeah, I think I think looking back and seeing, obviously we look back at you know the redemptive work of God in mm-hmm. Christ, but we also look back to God's works uh, in our life, yep. uh, in church history. Yep. We see His faithfulness uh, in Scripture, but we also see His faithfulness in worship. And so, yep. Then, and then and then even after worship, as you look back and meditate yeah. throughout the week, taking mm-hmm. that with you, totally. right? Uh, taking that with you, what what. Uh, God has has given us mm-hmm. right as we looked at His Word together as God's people. Yeah, totally. I think 
you know, and we talked about this on uh, the Banter of Truth episode last week on on sermons and sermon preparation and sermon teams and how that can work or how it might not work and all that. But, you know, for us, the ministry of the word is is critically important. And mm. this this bleeds into everything that we do on the Lord's Day. So the songs that you choose need to be chosen carefully, not just for biblical lyrical content, but also that there is a flow and an orderliness to the service itself. That's why the liturgy is so important yeah. to use in old-timey word. Yeah. I mean, listen, every, most of you know, every church has a liturgy. It's yep. just the the arrangement, the the ritualistic or formal or structured arrangement of any giving given gathering um but we would encourage you to like highlight that liturgy and make it as good and as clear and helpful yeah. and instructive as possible so we actually do that we we put out here are the different parts of our service these are the parts of our liturgy here's what they do here's why we're doing it this way mm. because that really moves people right moves people in the right direction and like you said like it, it shows people that there is intentionality to what we're gathering to do we're not just going through the motions. Yeah. We're not just having, you were talking before about attractional, right? We're yeah. not just having some attractional event, mm -hmm. but there is a method to the madness and yeah. the point of it is him. Yeah, yeah. Everything that we do, we want it to be biblically faithful, biblically grounded. Uh, we only do those things as essential elements that are biblically uh, given to us. Um, but then the way that we do it, we want to be careful even about how we do these mm. things, how these things are presented. So for us, corporate worship is really important because, and I think I say this in the book, this is the context in which historically God has brought revival. Yeah. Right. This is, uh, and in our context, this is the front door that most people will come in and experience the church. Like they're not strangers and non Christians are less likely to come to a small group <laughs> on the front end mm -hmm. as they are corporate worship. So it works really well. And also, all the means of grace are put together there. So, like, there's, there's so much that God does and can do um, for us. It's really important. Mm -hmm. All right. And so um, last environment, the square. The square. Ooh, go for it, Joe. So you notice like the circle is called table. Yep. The triangle is called. The inverted triangle. The inverted triangle is called pulpit. pulpit. The square is called. Uh, square, square. <laughs> <laughs> because it, of it stands for the public square public square yeah, public square go. so if the if the table is the environment of the church uh in smaller gatherings and the pulpit is the environment of the church gathered together on the lord's day in the large uh, large gathering then uh the square or the public square is the church in the world in your city or in your county uh living as the people of God. So, and we break it down into saying that there are four ways in which the church is fundamentally engaged uh, in the public square. And we talk about uh, uh, participation, participation, restoration, restoration, conversation, conversation, multiplication. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Like on the, I'm on the spot. No, but that, see, that's why, that's I why you have the book. That's right. All right, so participation is like easy because this is just like the most natural level at which we do live in our cities. Mm. Uh, you know, you eat local, shop local, you go to the park, you go to the movies. If there's a festival, you go to that. Yep. Uh, you engage in what the natural life yeah. of the community is. You're a part of that community. Yep. Like God sent you there. If you're there for a year, God sent you there. And you go participate. If you're there so, for a month, God sent you there. You know, I lived in Port Alberti for 10 years. I made sure to go to every single salmon festival I could. Mm. Yeah, but that was easy. Mm, no, it no, was. But oh. see, did you go to the spam festival? That's the real question. <laughs> see how, how? You know what? Mm -hmm. if, if they had it, I'd, I'd probably skip it. I could eat some spam. Sp uh, fried up. 
Fried spam. Fried spam. Yeah, no, you can't eat all dude, out of the can. What are we, animals? <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta cook the spam. My dad, you got me frying up spam, mm. it, put some mustard Spam on sandwich. It. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. But I love that salmon festival. Yeah, you would. Mm. You're a salmon weirdo. No, it's not weird. Yeah, you, 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 you talk about salmon. You know what? You talk about Jesus, you talk about your wife, and you talk about salmon. In very similar ways, there uh, is an affection, an uh, adoration, uh, yep, affection, a love, a love. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, but but there's You're a hierarchy. Me that way. There's a hierarchy. Oh, of course there is. Yeah, I, I, I want to make sure because no, you make it sound like a Jesus wife salmon. I you know. Okay. okay. Just saying. You know, so oh, so participation—that's the easy one, right? Just so, like, just be where you're supposed to be, and everybody's different, right? Some people are just going to be out with people all the time. Other people are less so. Yeah. But the point is, is like, take advantage, be present, do it on purpose, like tip well yeah like be you know you're there you're representing the lord and all that you do tip well oh, what if they're a bad server i want to show yeah okay you know what god doesn't treat you like that yeah give him grace bad believer you can leave him a note hey you were terrible but god is good here's a big tip uh let's not do that <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's not do that i used to give like if they were really bad i would leave like change on the table i'd be like that's what you get i want you to know that you're a bad server I don't want you to think that you were good. Mm. And then I had a pastor go, aren't you glad God doesn't do that to you? Like, yep. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, but this is, I'm just, it's about, it's about equity. He's like, no, no, no. Mm. And then I became a server and I realized, like, you know what? We know when we're doing a bad job. We actually know. And then when we get a good tip in spite of that, we're like, holy cow, why did they give me this big tip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I, I tip good. Good. Even if they're bad. No, nope. and you do. I've been with you. You're very generous. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy always throws an extra fifty on top when I leave though, because it's no. not good enough. You know, <laughs> Jimmy makes it. Jimmy like peels off a couple of hundreds and throws it on the table after. That's not true. Uh, he's like, go ahead, you first, Joe. And he's like, oh, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, yeah, I don't do that. So <laughs> that'd be horrible. That would be so funny, dude. That's a great. The scene. only the only thing I would do is like if I really want to pay, and like someone. So I'll do this to one of the elders. Because they, they always try to pay, which yeah, is very I know who you're kind. Talking yeah, about, they yeah. go. Very kind. So I'll just say out loud, they're a horrible tipper. You better give me the bill. <laughs> Trust me, <laughs> they suck. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's more fun than um, when you walk in and just say, here's my card, put everything on this. It's, it's more fun to it's actually more, it's humiliate more them a little bit. That's yeah. what I want. You want to play? You want to play the game? Let's play the game. You want to try and take the money? Oh, no. Let's, let's, let's play the, the game. Mm -mm. You know, that's good. All right, so, so you okay, got participation. participation uh, restoration. Yeah. Ooh. These are works of mercy. Yep. The church should be doing works of mercy in its city, in its context. Again, this happens at the individual level mm -hmm. and at the institutional level. Uh, individuals, you know, help people in their neighborhood who need help. You know, they get involved in in nonprofits or yeah. or other uh, uh, opportunities and organizations yeah. to bless the community that they are a part of. Right. Yeah. And we call it restoration because when you're good works, works of mercy, you're usually lifting somebody up, restoring yep. them. You know, we've got a we've got a homeless shelter. Uh, we've got a women's center right here in St. Charles. Mm -hmm. We've got, uh, you know, a food kitchen. And what's interesting is and because, you know, Tim Keller taught us that it, we are called to restore the city. Is that, is that what is the thing? Was it restored? Or no, maybe not. You know, um, but I'll tell you this. So St. Charles, St. Charles, we live in St. Charles and St. Charles is a, is a nice, is a, is a nice uh, small town outside of Chicago. Um, it's middle class to upper middle class to super rich, right? That's, I would say that's, that's pretty much what it is. Um, but there's this homeless shelter. Why do you keep looking at your watch? What's going on? Go ahead. I feel like we're having our time. We are. You're like, it's you're going like good. Constantly. So, um, so I wondered, does the city push back? 
against there being a homeless shelter, a men's shelter? Uh, do they do? Uh, would mm. they like? You know, we really don't want because these guys can't stay there during the day. They got to leave. They have to leave that shelter, and they got to be looking for jobs. They got to be doing yeah, stuff. Yeah. Sometimes they just hang out at Starbucks, like whatever. And so I asked them. I said, "Do you do you get like pushback? Does the city look at this and go, ew, this we don't want this in our pristine, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Riverside community?" And they said, "No, they've been super supportive. They've always been for it. They're like, really yeah, I'd cool. be really surprised that oh, if if the city was pushing back, why would you be? I wouldn't be surprised because like if I'm thinking it from a worldly perspective, I don't want, I want it to be pretty and clean." From a worldly perspective, like I want this to be like a, a fairy tale. I want it to, everything to look like Third Street in Geneva. Yeah, but you're always going to have some level. You'd, you'd be thankful then. Don't have it ha- in Geneva. Because they're all coming to St. Charles. Uh, exactly. So you don't have to have it. <laughs> no, I think we should. I'm just saying yeah. that from a worldly perspective, it's like, you know what? We could, uh, we could, we could put some really high-end condos right there. They are along the river right there. No, but where the where the shelter is. Oh, gotcha. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So yeah, uh, restoration. We're, we're helping. We're serving. We're doing all of that. And then conversation. Conversation. I think this is harder than restoration because yeah, for most people, maybe not for you and me, but the conversation. No, it's hard. Is it hard? I find it harder. Resta- not harder, but I find it hard. Re- it, it, it is for most people. It's one of the greatest fears in America. Yeah. Public speaking, right? So, but by conversation, we mean everything from graciously starting a conversation with a stranger yep. to be a good neighbor to preaching the gospel open air in the park and everything in between uh institutionally we have well we have had a pub talk uh which is an organized event that the church does in a local pub to um the, the individual stuff that we do where some people will just go out and do evangelism it can be anything mm. uh, but it's conversation the reason that we think that that's usually harder for people is because uh, going to a soup kitchen and saying i'm going to help once a month you serve people takes it, it's it's harder than participation but conversation means you're locking eyes you're listening you're talking you're sharing it's more intimate and yeah it's a, it's it, a bit more and i think it's probably a bit more uh it takes more intentionality and probably a bit more vulnerability right oh yeah 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 and it, again it's you're more likely to experience some uncomfortable situations right because mm. you're going to be you know, listening to people share their thoughts, their ideas, their politics. And they might even push back on your on your beliefs. Yeah. If you're being clear enough, somebody will yep. at some point. So, yeah, this is everything from from like what we would just generally call conversation to evangelism. Um, that's something that the church needs to be doing. And then the last level, and I think the most complicated level, is what we call multiplication. Yep. Uh, and that's like church revitalization, church planting missions. This is when we contribute money, resources, and people to start churches, to make disciples in other places, right? So, uh, and we, we we include revitalization in that because there are churches that are in the slowly declining, maybe on the precipice of dying out, mm. and those churches need to be revitalized. Yep. Go through that whole process, and that's very possible. Um, other churches are planting and are getting planted, and we want to be a part of that. We sent you know missionaries overseas. All of that falls into that category. Category. So um, when you ask, like, so what what does it look like? It it's going to just look a little bit different or quite a bit different in every church. But these are the these are the environments and these are the basic basic rhythms that that we see happening. Mm. And this is where we think discipleship happens, because discipleship happens from education, instruction, example, uh, cooperation. It happens in the midst of all of that. And you can plug in any extra programs that that complement these environments, however you like. So it's like, oh, here's a really good program that we can plug into table. It's going to work great for us. Let's do that. That's how you do it. Anyways, that's how we think about it. Christopher, thanks for writing in. It was very, it's a very 
good question. And hopefully, um, people will stop asking. Just buy the book. We covered it here. <laughs> buy the book. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us online on Instagram, Twitter, at Diva or on Facebook, slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DoctrineandDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast with the store, JoeFoStore.com, and grab some gear. We got the fresh part of your Monday and Thursday. We got blog posts and video content. Yeah, blog posts and video content, right? Okay. Over at the... What's wrong? Nothing. No, you do your, do, do your thing, man. You're doing good. No. That's oh, great. I just forgot about the videos. No, that's fine. Yeah, it's good. Well, we've also got that all-access exclusive content. Yeah. We got Banter Truth. That's right. We got Weekday Wisdom. Yeah, we do. And that's a way to support the podcast, Joe. Yeah, man. And you can do it right there for your podcast player. You Please. can hit support the podcast. Right there, yeah. Sign up or... Click, click, ching, ching. Or you can head on over to doctrineanddevotion.com slash all access and sign up today. Later. Later.